To the Blockade Runner Podcast number 173. My name is John. With me this morning is Ryan. What's up, Ryan? Good morning. Uh, we are going to just cover a couple of smaller stories this week uh, on the podcast. So um, we uh, probably are looking at a shorter episode, but uh, knowing us, we'll find a way to uh, drag it out. Um, but uh, yeah, we have some Star Wars video game news, although not the game news we expected um some updates on lucasfilm production happenings and uh a little bit of a book announcement as well so we're going to talk uh some star wars video games some star wars movies and some star wars books today um so ryan why don't we kick it off by talking about the star wars game announced for nintendo switch last week i believe on the last episode, you predicted that we would potentially likely get a Star Wars video game announced for the <laughs> Nintendo Switch this week, but it wasn't this one. No, it absolutely was not. There was, um, you know, a pretty substantiated rumor that uh, Star Wars Republic Commando was coming to Switch. Uh, that still seems to be happening. I haven't seen anything that like disproves that. Um but uh, that was absolutely not the announcement that we got. The announcement we got was Star Wars Hunters, um, which is very interesting uh, in a lot of ways. Um, it The synopsis here says, join the greatest hunters from the Star Wars galaxy in real-time cross-play squad battles. Dominate grand arenas using skill and tactics as you engage in thrilling combat to reign victorious with your team. So this sounds like a sort of team deathmatch thing. Um, Maybe uh, I would say think maybe something along the lines of like Overwatch um, is kind of the vibe I get from just the the art style and the description here. Um, But what's interesting about this is it is a free-to-play game, um, and it is launching on three platforms, um, but it's not the kind of three platforms you probably expect for, um, you know, a modern video game, um, because there's no Xbox, no PlayStation, no PC release. It is launching on iOS Android and Nintendo Switch. So it is uh it is a mobile game um <laughs> through and through. Uh it is developed by Zynga, which we um we heard maybe a year ago that Lucasfilm was partnering with Zynga, or maybe it was sooner, more recently than that. I don't know, but okay. they, they had announced it that something was coming, you know, between uh Lucasfilm and Zynga, and that's, uh, I assume, what this is. Okay, yeah. So um, for listeners who don't know, um, what like what is Zynga known for? Um, they're primarily a mobile developer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're one of the biggest 
um, mobile developers. They, I think they kind of broke through on like Facebook um, because they are the Farmville. Farmville, yeah. Mm-hmm, which uh, everyone's uh, everyone's aunt has played. Um, yeah, and, and didn't didn't some big publisher purchase them for like a bazillion dollars or something like that? Or am I misremembering that? Um, let's see. Maybe not. They, I don't know. They're probably owned by Tencent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. I, I feel like most video game developers um, are, but uh, but it's not EA. EA doesn't own Zynga. No, EA owns PopCap, mm, which okay. was another one of those like kind of uh, mobile Facebook. Um, developers that kind of like blew up in like the mid 2000s okay they're not the plants versus zombies people are they popcap i i believe they are okay okay yeah Yeah. that's what i was thinking for some reason but i guess the reason is because they are but uh yeah so okay so zynga is a a a mobile developer they did farmville they do other games like that they're not known for doing like big console games or anything like that and uh as you said the thing is, um, when when you have a mobile developer developing a game that's coming to Switch and cell phones, um, you know it's it can be um, safe to assume. I think that it's a a mobile game, and a Switch mm-hmm. is just a platform that uh, you know kind of makes sense to to bring it to as well. So, um, but yeah, when it, when a game is developed for mobile first or mobile, I guess like co equally at least, mm-hmm. um, you kind of know. It's uh, a dip, probably at least a little bit of a different kind of experience. So um, I, I just feel like as a, as someone who loves Nintendo Switch, you know, I, I talk about it on this show uh, fairly often. You know, the fact that I I love the Switch and I want more Star Wars games there and stuff like that. Like, um, it's it's great that we've gotten uh, Episode One Racer. It's great that we've gotten Star Wars Pinball. We've got the Jedi Knight games recently, and uh, they've been bringing stuff over. So that's been cool. But uh, you know, with with um, the Battlefront games and uh, and Fallen Order and Squadrons all being like games that couldn't or wouldn't run on Nintendo Switch. Um, mm-hmm. It's been one of those things where it's like, man, I can't wait until we get, or I, I hope that we do get, you know, some great like new Star Wars content on the Switch. Um, and maybe this will be that. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, I have to say like when I saw the, the announcement i was like huh okay well this looks interesting and then i thought it was done by zynga and i was like oh okay all right mm-hmm. not that i even know that much about zynga where i'm like oh they're the worst you know they make terrible mm-hmm. games or anything but just knowing you know it's like a mobile game coming to switch it's not quite the same thing as what i was hope what i would what i still hope will happen which You're is right. you know we get some like you know switch first like a game made for switch kind of thing yeah, um, that's not this. Uh, <laughs> um, something else. I'm just like looking at Zynga. They also made Words with Friends. Uh, oh, okay. Which okay. I know is a popular thing um, that people sure. play. Um, sure. And uh, Princess Bride slots and Willy Wonka slots. So those oh. exist. Um, yeah. <laughs> switch. <laughs> hey, port you said. You said Farmville, and I was like, oh, I think that was a good game. I didn't play it. And then you said Words with Friends, and I was like, I know that's a game that people like, but uh, mm-hmm. maybe the slots games are really good. I don't know. Maybe. Um, maybe. I yeah. do like 
Princess Bride. Um, so, do you like slots? Uh, I have. I like the the slot machine in uh, Super Mario Brothers Two USA. Um, <laughs> I always, I always thought that one was really, really exciting because okay. you, you always, you really wanted those extra lives in that mm. game because that game gets way hard uh, yeah. towards the end. Um, yeah, that's that's my favorite uh, video slot uh, game. I would say. Do you have an opinion on video slots? Uh, no. Mm-mm. Okay. Nope. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to kind of shake out. Um, I it, It'll be free to play. It'll be something, like, I'll try for sure. I think it's, like, kind of no risk um, to just try it. Um, and I'm I'm pretty open either way. Um, it could it could be cool. It could be fun, especially if uh, it seems like a like a multiplayer affair. If like you know some friends are playing and stuff, um, could be cool. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what this is. Star Wars Hunters. We didn't actually see any gameplay from it, so we have no idea what the actual game like looks like, what the HUD is like, if it's like first person, third person. Um, we don't know like the flow of the game at all we don't know how good it looks and runs on switch we don't know if it uses button controls on switch or if it just uses the you know just the tablet to um do touch controls like on the um you know on the mobile devices we don't really know anything about it so (laughs) right i i I feel confident i will put my reputation on the line Mm. and uh and make the argument that uh, we can be confident it does use buttons, at least if you want to, because with the Switch being a uh, a docked console for a lot of people, um, and whenever you know you want it to be, if you're a Switch owner, I would be shocked if they would not at least. I mean, actually, even a lot of iOS games at this point, you you know, have optional button controls. Like mm-hmm. you can connect, like very easily connect a PS4 or Xbox controller or whatever to a to a uh, a cell phone these days or to an Apple TV or whatever. So it would be pretty odd, I think, if they were to make a game that was, you know, announced for Switch day one um, and then, you know, not allow <laughs> or not not include an option for controller support. So I think we'll have that. But, uh, you know, otherwise, I guess, yeah, we don't know too much, right? Right. Um, I did, Ryan, uh, include a link to a tweet here from uh, Craig Derrick. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him i was not but i think matt martin uh commented on this or retweeted it um his twitter profile is great though uh it reads post post punk gloom with pulsing synths currently managing a slate of global interactive products and initiatives at lucasfilm games made in detroit um so he's maybe someone to keep an eye on uh on twitter um and he sounds like a cool guy but uh he um, linked to the announcement trailer and stated excited to share and finally announce this game we've all been working really hard on. It's a ton of fun, a little quirky and really different than what you might be expecting from a star Wars game. The teams have been nailing the concept and we can't wait to share more soon. Um, so yeah, that's, a uh, kind of, a uh, good to hear, you know, I mean, obviously this is someone who works at Lucasfilm games, who's making the game. So, you know, um, we would expect them to be positive, but, uh, yeah, I think that sounds like there's some excitement around the project, um, there at Lucasfilm. So that's a good sign. 
Yeah, and looking at his uh, his Twitter feed, I'm seeing a lot of good stuff. Uh, he posted uh, a GIF of uh, an ECW match um, mm. from from the 90s. It looks like Eddie Guerrero versus Dean Malenko. Okay, um, extreme championship is, wrestling. Yeah, that is uh, definitely my uh, my jam. Um, mm. So. Yeah. Okay. So yes, uh, Craig Derrick, cool dude. Follow him <laughs> on Twitter, um, yep. and probably get some uh, some updates and hints and teases about uh, Star Wars Hunters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I do want to call out or uh, 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 bring some attention to the first response I see to this tweet from Craig Derrick. Um, kind of looks like a button masher a la Street Fighter and a thousand other games. What's different? So, um, yeah, that's a, oh. that's a, that's a good response. I mean, I was thinking, I was thinking Street Fighter right away too, when I saw this cinematic trailer that featured no gameplay, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. It looks just like Street Fighter, that a classic button masher Street Fighter, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, if you're button mashing Street Fighter, you're probably not doing super well. Um, no. <laughs> unless, I guess unless you're like Blanca and you're just like pounding on that electricity thing. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. But or the Chun Li's uh, lightning fast kick thing, uh, but uh, or the hundred hand slap E Honda. Maybe maybe mm. that's uh, maybe that's one way to play uh, Star Wars Hunters. But I mean, I think from this uh, really insightful take on Twitter here, I think we can <laughs> confirm that it does use buttons. Yeah, he's got the inside scoop there. That guy's yeah. got the inside scoop. He, did, he didn't say it's a, a a tap masher uh yeah great that's right well, that's thank right. you uh random twitter person with an opinion mm-hmm, mm-hmm. reach out helpful. to the show we'd love to talk to you about star wars <laughs> yeah. hunters um cool so yeah i mean <laughs> uh yeah I, I i guess i would say it's you know uh still not the game that like is most exciting to me or whatever but uh, i think as you said low risk and mm-hmm. uh, we'll see what kind of reward we might have in store there. But uh, no matter what, you know, some new original content for switch is good. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, hopefully, you know, with EA not kind of being the only game in town anymore, this will just be the first of uh, numerous star Wars games for, for switch. So, yeah. Um, and I'm sure some of our listeners don't, you know, play or prioritize the switch or whatever. And you're like, why are you just talking about the switch? You know, but I don't know. Um, it's, it's been a long time with a uh, little, little star Wars on the switch. And um, we both, we both love that console. So mm-hmm. it would be, uh, it'd be great to get more support there. Agreed. And hopefully uh, not hopefully. I mean, I, I'm confident Ryan, I, I read more about the Republic commando thing um, after we recorded last week. And uh, I think it's a done deal. It would be mm-hmm. uh, kind of shocking if it doesn't happen. So been like rated and all that it just is not officially announced so that's on the way too mm-hmm. yep all right so um that's kind of it for star wars video games for today so we'll move on to another topic uh near and dear to both of our hearts which is the announced star wars uh movies from ryan johnson um so this is something that uh we end up you know kind of um addressing or talking about or thinking about every once in a while. I think about it a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but, we, but we talk about it on the show once in a while. 
Um, so of course, uh, what was it in, um, I think November of 2017 before the last Jedi had even been released. Um, Lucasfilm announced that Ryan Johnson would be doing a trilogy of original star Wars movies. Um, and then like star Wars continued to happen. Uh, the last Jedi came out and then solo came out, um, the rise of Skywalker, the Mandalorian, like lots of other star Wars things going on. And we just really haven't heard much else about this potential Ryan Johnson Star Wars trilogy. Uh, Ryan Johnson himself wrote, directed, filmed, released Knives Out um, in that time and started uh, a new production company. Um, So he's been busy. Star Wars has been busy. Um, And a lot of us who love Ryan Johnson and love the last Jedi have been kind of wondering what's going on with, uh, with the Ryan Johnson star Wars movies. So I think he's like mentioned once or twice in the last, what, maybe two years, like, yeah, still doing that or, you know, that'll happen or whatever, but, Mm -hmm. uh, very little information outside of that. So, um, Ryan Johnson was recently interviewed by an author, Sarah Wilson. Are you familiar with her, Ryan? I am not. No, I'm not either. Um, so I don't, I don't know much about her, but she recently did an interview with Ryan Johnson. Um, and, uh, I don't think, I don't think that interview has come out or if it has, I haven't seen it. Um, but she, um, on Twitter, uh, said, uh, wrote, I'm just going to post this now because I can see that I'm going to get a lot of requests. Yes. Ryan's star Wars trilogy is still on no dates or timelines because he has other projects going on, but it is happening. That's all I know about it. Three smiley faces. So thank you, Sarah Wilson, because that made me extremely, uh, happy and, and excited when I saw, um, that tweet. So, um, where, where have you been Ryan with, uh, with the whole Ryan Johnson, star Wars trilogy thing? Like where has your, have you been optimistic it had happened? Like before this, had you been like pessimistic? Where have you been on it? Well, I heard on YouTube <laughs> that it wasn't happening. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I don't know. I think, uh, these kind of projects, um, you know, take time. They people, you know, weave in and out of commitments. Uh, nothing promised in Star Wars is a guarantee. Um, it just in general, we've seen just in the Disney era alone, we've seen uh, many projects announced and canceled. Um, you know, even in the Lucas era, we saw many projects announced and canceled. Um, Mm -hmm. that's just the nature of, um, you know, Star Wars. It's a hard thing to get right. It is an expensive thing to get right. Um, stuff comes and goes. Um, you know, I've, I've always like really, really hoped (laughs) that a Ryan Johnson trilogy would happen. Um, I think, uh, you know, I I think Lucasfilm and, you know, Kathy Kennedy and, you know, whoever else was involved in that decision-making process made a very good decision to sign Ryan after watching The Last Jedi. Um, I think, like, watching that film and being like, okay, this is someone with, you know, with vision and someone who, um, 
you know, has just a lot of big ideas, a lot of, a lot of humor, a lot of fun, um, a lot of, you know, just thematically rich uh, stuff happening here. This is someone we want to like lead a Star Wars trilogy. That always completely made sense to me. Um, so, yeah. And then obviously that didn't make sense to everyone after The Last Jedi came out um, for whatever reason. So, you know, I, I could see just, you know, no one really being that excited to like, you know, kind of come, come out and, uh, and just like announce more Star Wars from Ryan when, um, you know, there's just, there's just so much like garbage, um, out there and just like the inevitable headaches that would come from that. But, I think, um, you know, once we're probably getting to the point where um, some of those headache-causing people have moved on to other things or other parts of Star Wars, I mean, some of them are, like, still angry about it. Like, you can just look in the comments um, after um, Sarah Wilson's tweet here and... um, and just like see the absolute dumbest stuff you've ever seen on the internet. Um, yeah, and unfortunately, you can look at the comments on anything Ryan Johnson posts related to Star Wars or not, and see mm-hmm. the same crap. Yeah, so um, that sentiment is definitely still out there, no doubt. It it is, it is, and uh, you know, people have made it their brand. That is their identity. That is what they are um, accomplishing in life. That is who they are. That is what they will have on their tombstone uh, when they die. Um, that they do not like Ryan Johnson's Star Wars. Um, and that's just who those people are. Um, and so, yeah, I think like giving it some time is maybe a good idea just from like that. But also like screw those people, whatever, like do this whenever. And, um, you know, it's something I really want to see. Um, I, you know, I, I would love to see, you know, a Ryan Johnson's Star Wars films kind of untethered to the, a direct connection to another film or films. Um, and I think we could get like a really unique and interesting vision that uh you know that would just be like super engrossing and just like imagining like six years of ryan johnson star wars films releasing and just like the all the the mind bogglingness uh between and after films that would happen like that just seems like a really uh fun time to hang out and be a star wars fan so, yeah, I'm definitely hoping this happens. And, um, you know, when the timing is right, it, I, you know, hope it, hope it plays out well. Okay. Sorry. Um, <laughs> big, big emergency actually in my house because there's a Star Wars world on Minecraft or something that my son wants to buy for $6. Um, mm. So that um, was, uh, an immediate necessity to take care of. Um, <laughs> but, 
it is Star Wars related, I suppose. So, um, yeah, a couple a couple things there um, uh, on that whole uh, situation. One, um, as far as like whether or not it'll happen or when it'll happen or whatever. I mean, obviously, Ryan has said, you know, within the last, what, seven to 10 days that, yes, I'm still working on it. It's still um, happening. So I think that's great. Um, I, and I have always kind of been optimistic that it that it would still happen. Um, I think that, uh, you know, The Last Jedi made a ton of money and it was a really successful movie. And uh, I don't believe that uh, Solo did poorly at the box office because of The Last Jedi. I think it was uh, unrelated to that, uh, largely unrelated anyways. Um, and again, like The Last Jedi made a ton of money. So uh, whether or not, you know, people on YouTube want to complain about it or whatever, like uh, I know many, many people who love the movie. I know plenty of other people who don't love the movie, but still went and saw it a couple times and still went and saw all the other Star Wars movies that came out afterwards. And, you know, I just don't think it like soiled the brand or whatever, even though there's a lot of, talking heads on YouTube saying that it did like that doesn't make it true, you know, and we've seen uh, recently that there's a lot of people who passionately believe things that aren't true and say them loudly on the internet and (laughs) elsewhere. um, And it just doesn't have any bearing on reality. So uh, yeah, I think uh, the last Jedi was a successful movie. Um, He made it uh, successfully. He made it without production woes. He made it, um, you know, uh, he came in uh, with, with the budget that <laughs> that that he said he would. Um, you know what I mean? Like it was a it was a headache free production um, mm-hmm. and a financially successful release. So the idea that like oh man I don't know these people on YouTube they're complaining a lot about Ryan Johnson he gets yelled at on Twitter a lot I don't know we may, maybe we shouldn't do these movies. Um, <laughs> not not that I think it's like um, you know ridiculous to think that or anything, but I just personally lean towards that is we give it a lot more weight like on social media and we give it a lot more weight in our discussions and things like that, you know, than I think it probably deserves in terms of, you know, how, how a company like Lucasfilm or Disney will make their decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, at least that's my, that's my feeling about that. So I've been hopeful it would happen, you know, for that reason. And in fact, I think a big part of why, you know, the deal was done in 2017 to do more Star Wars movies with Ryan Johnson is because Lucasfilm was really happy with the process of working with him. And I think he was really happy too. Like when you watch the director and the Jedi, um, or I think, I guess just reading interviews and stuff with him around the time the last Jedi came out. Um, I just remember him sort of having the, the, the attitude of, uh, I had a really good time making this movie and, uh, I thought by the time I got to the end of it, I'd be exhausted and, and burnt out and whatever. And actually like, I wish I could just, I wish we could just keep doing this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan and, and Ron Bergman and, and, uh, and Lucasfilm. Um, so I think there was just a desire to keep that relationship going and to, you know, continue working on star Wars from both sides. Uh, so I think that is likely to still be the case The the, one concern I guess I kind of have with uh, time passing is I just hope that so much time doesn't pass that like some of the people who <laughs> were involved in that great relationship and that great process mm. like aren't there anymore. And then somebody else comes in who doesn't have that same connection to Ryan Johnson and, you know, wasn't part of that process and is like, oh, well, I don't know, we could go with this guy, but there's other, you know, people that, also want you know what i mean like i could right. see that happening i guess 
So I guess that's, that's, that's a little concern for me um, as far as the time passing thing goes. Um, but the other thing I wanted to mention is, is as far as like the negativity, um, associated with Ryan Johnson and in the last Jedi and all that, uh, some of our friends who don't like the last Jedi very much, um, or at all, (laughs) I guess you could say, uh, saw knives out and really liked knives out, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and when I went to see knives out in, uh, was it 2019 when that movie came out when i went to see knives out i was floored by that movie i think that movie is incredible i think it's so 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 good yep and you know watching the last jedi was like wow this guy's amazing he's incredible like you know do what you have to do to keep him involved in star wars because he's the best and then i saw knives out and i was like oh my god like you know this movie is (laughs) outrageously good and you know this guy just made the last Jedi, which is this incredible star Wars movie in my opinion. And then he followed it up with this totally original, like brilliant, so funny, so smart, so well-crafted, like great, great movie. Like we need him in star Wars. Oh my God. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and I just think that like the fact that some people that we know that don't even like the last Jedi still really enjoyed knives out is proof that a lot of the problems people have with the last Jedi are probably related to the baggage of original trilogy characters and expectations related to like what they thought was going to happen. So as you said, a few minutes ago with him working on star Wars, that isn't hopefully, you know, strongly connected to other star Wars characters and stories, um, that potential to piss people off by, you know, not doing what they expect is, uh, a lot lower, I guess. Yep. Totally. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I guess there's a, a 10 minute, a little, um, uh, uh, freestyle on, uh, how we feel about Ryan Johnson and, and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. But, uh, but I guess the, the, the larger point here is that as far as we know, it's still happening. Um, I know that he's, uh, he's making a, a knives out sequel as well. Yes. Um, that that's in the works. So I don't know if that would, I think that'd be first, um, before he would yeah, do more yeah. star Wars. Um, and there's a bunch of Star Wars movies already kind of, you know, in production or various, er, you know, um, stages of production. So uh, it'll probably be a while before mm-hmm. this uh, this Ryan Johnson Star Wars movies or trilogy, or whatever it will be, uh, will happen. But uh, like I said, hopefully it uh, it will happen eventually. And it, it's just good to know that uh, that is the plan, at least right now. Yeah. Yeah, but we're still looking three, five, seven years um, into into the future here before we probably like get anything kind of official or production starting unless they do, unless they go back to yearly Star Wars films. But we know Rogue Squadron's coming in 2023. Um, I believe Taika, is it Taika's film coming in 2025? Yeah. Yeah. And then... And then we know that there's supposed to be a Star Wars movie in 2027, I think, too, right? Mm-hmm. And when those were announced, um, we were wondering, like, oh, so is this a trilogy? Like a, a 23, a 25, and a 27 movie or mm-hmm. whatever? And uh, that doesn't seem to be the case, you know? Um, I don't... I don't even know if there's much reason to think that Taika is doing more than one Star Wars movie. Mm. Um, we don't really have any way of knowing, but uh, 
I, I, yeah, I don't know. Like for everything we've heard about it so far, it doesn't sound like some new trilogy or anything like that. It sounds like uh, potentially a one-off, you know, or if not, if not a one-off, at least like make a movie and then see what happens, you know, sort of thing uh, would be the feeling I get from it. So, uh, and actually Taika, <laughs> Taika, similar situation. Um, I guess I didn't see a star Wars movie he made, uh, but I saw, um, Jojo rabbit and was just floored by that movie too. And mm-hmm. it's like, wow, like we've got this person working in star Wars. You know what I mean? Like somebody who's this visionary, this, this brilliant, this hilarious, this, this, you know, creative, uh, we've got him working in Star Wars. Like we have got to, you know, like don't screw that up. <laughs> okay. Yeah, <laughs> let's hold on to that. You know, um, so similar feeling I have as as far as the Ryan thing goes. But uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's you know, uh, it's wishful thinking. It's what I want to be the case. But I I really can um, uh, feel the idea of like we get this Patty Jenkins Rogue Squadron movie. We get a Taika, a weird, wonderful Taika Star Wars movie. Um, and, uh, you know, by the time those movies happen and, and it would be time for Ryan to, to make a trilogy of movies, we're looking at, you know, potentially probably at least eight years since the rise of Skywalker, uh, came out, you know what I mean? And we'll have had lots of TV shows. We'll have had a couple of standalone movies. We'll have had a lot of stuff going on. And, uh, I think by then I would be more than ready for, um, more than ready for another like big trilogy of movies. And, uh, it would be perfect for Ryan Johnson to, uh, to come in and be that person to do that. I think. Yeah, totally agree. Let's move on then from that topic and talk about something a little less positive. Uh, I don't think we need to spend too much time on it, but uh, last week we talked about the Gina Carano thing. Um, and we were even like, hey, cool, we don't have to talk about that anymore. <laughs> but um, afterwards, there was a, uh, a story coming out that went through the whole process of her being fired and, and all that kind of stuff from uh, The Hollywood Reporter. Um, and uh, that story postulated, suggested, rumored um, the idea that uh, the character would be recast um, and uh, and that we'd see um, Cara Dune in, uh, in season three of The Mandalorian um, and potentially even in Rangers of the New Republic. Uh, but then Lucasfilm responded with um, a comment saying that uh, she is not expected to be recast. Um, there was also rumors that she was supposed to be, um, Cara Dune slash Gina Carano was supposed to be part of the big presentation of new projects from Disney in December. Um, and, uh, that was part of the article too. So Lucasfilm responded and said, uh, no, she was never going to be part of that. And, um, she is not going to be recast or she's not expected to be recast. So I don't know if we, uh, if we believe everything, um, you know, or if we believe those comments or if we don't or whatever, but, uh, I, I would take them at their word, at least on the fact that they're not going to recast her, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. It's probably not necessary to make that comment unless, uh, 
um, you're really not doing it. Yeah. So the the text of the Hollywood Reporter um, article, um, which also I just want to uh, shout out the image that they used, <laughs> the original drawing here. Uh, definitely click on the article um, in the show notes because it's uh, if. Uh, yeah, um, it's a it's an illustration of uh, Grogu uh, pushing a button on an airlock and uh, Cara Dune flying out, um, which is just a great piece of original art. Um, so the comment on the article says, updated to add a Lucasfilm source saying that the Cara Dune role on The Mandalorian is not expected to be recast and that She was not part of the December 10th presentation, nor was she engaged in negotiations for future work. So that tells me that other big question that we had, like, was when did they kind of, you know, decide that uh, she wasn't going to be a part of Star Wars anymore? And it sounds like, uh, you know, before December. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but that really, if that's true and that that's how I would interpret that as well, if that's true, it, 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 uh, it makes the Rangers of the new Republic that much more of a head scratcher, I guess, in Mm -hmm. terms of like, what is it, you know? Um, so I guess, uh, it, it certainly remains to be seen what it is. Um, Mm -hmm. maybe sometime this year we'll find out more about that or, you know, who knows when, but, um, but yeah, it just, it felt like the most, um, it just felt likely to be a vehicle for that character um, and some others from the Mandalorian too, but it seemed like something that she would be, uh, she would be the, 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 the primary character in, or, you know, the most uh, well-known character, I guess, at least, and uh, something that, that would revolve around her character. And uh, if, if we believe this, then that was never going to be the case, or at least it was already not going to be the case when they announced it. So, because part of me is just like, we don't get that show anymore. You know what I mean? Um, but if they announced it knowing she wasn't going to be working there anymore or working with them anymore, then I guess there's no reason to think it's not going to happen. Yep. So, yeah. Well, um, and, and I guess, you know, again, if if they're not recasting the character, then I think the whole Cara Dune thing is... Uh, potentially likely in the rear view here. So mm-hmm. um, that'll be that for Cara Dune. Even the toys, that was part of the uh, Hollywood Reporter article yeah. as well. Hasbro's like done making the toys. So um, yeah, you can yeah. Uh, sell yours on eBay at this point and probably get a fair <laughs> fair price for it. So um, since they're uh, they're not making those anymore. Yeah, I don't know if I want to like yeah, I was thinking about that. I was like wondering, yeah. what do I do with the stuff I had? I mean, I I already wasn't planning on purchasing um, any more, uh, you know, figures or memorabilia um, around that character um, for sure. And that's been the case for a little while now. But, uh, you know, I do. I do have some uh, some some figures and stuff. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, like, it seems wasteful just to like throw them away. Um, also, I don't really want to like sell to the type of person who would want to be buying 
them right now. Um, and so I think I'll probably just just keep them there and just have them and then, um, you know, be like that, you know, in 10 years, be like, that's a weird thing that happened. That's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, like right now, yeah, if you if you sell them now um, and, and people listening, do whatever you want, in my yeah, opinion. You know no what I mean? Like, sure. Yeah, I'm not yeah. trying to tell you what to do with your Cara Dune toys. Um, <laughs> but, but I would say, uh, you know, right now there might be this big market of people who are like, save Cara Dune. You know, I want to buy the toys on eBay or whatever. And it's like, yeah, that mm-hmm. w- might feel weird to sell um, your toys mm-hmm. to them. Although uh, the the demand is likely higher i haven't actually looked into it but i would imagine the demand's a little higher with hasbro like flat out saying like we're not making them anymore you know they were already hard to get anyways um but yeah you just hold on to it for 10 or 15 years and it'll be like wow that that sucked that that occurred but like i think with some time you'd you'd take that toy out of the drawer or whatever and be like oh yeah you know that actor sucks but this is long behind us and uh this is just like another star wars toy or whatever at this point you know what i mean um and and maybe it wouldn't be your favorite Star Wars toy or anything then, but uh, you know, uh, at least I think the uh, the association with the actor and all that stuff would be a lot, you know, would be reduced considerably at that point, in my opinion. So, yeah, I just looked on eBay and mm-hmm. they are selling for ridiculous money. Okay, like, so black series <laughs> figures are like selling for like over a hundred dollars. Okay, it's yeah. Maybe go ahead and sell it and contribute that money to the the Blockade Runner podcast, Ryan, in some way. Um, yeah, maybe. Or I don't know what we need to spend money on, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, send money to like you know a, a trans or organization or some charity or something. You know, um, what? that's a way better idea than giving the money to this podcast, which yeah, doesn't need money. So don't, don't give it to us. But um, well, no, you would give it to us. I wasn't asking anybody oh. else to give it to us. I was saying oh. you. I was just why trying to make money off of your toy collection because I don't. Do have, I, why do I have to pay this podcast? I don't membership know. Membership dues. We yeah 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 or expenses we may accrue in the future. You know what I mean? Who mm. knows? Mm, okay we should just make a savings all right whatever anyways okay uh, yeah. wow, i had no idea they were worth that much money that's crazy yeah um anyways there's a gofundme that came up uh we talked about yeah. this like months ago um after kind of some of gina crono's initial um comments and it's called trans rights or human rights this is the way they have at this point i just loaded it up they have earned twenty thousand dollars for um the transgender law center so um that's a great if you are selling like that's a great way to uh invest reinvest that money back into something good yeah yeah and uh you know if you sell that toy on ebay it's it's possible you know you're just selling it to a, a star wars collector who um doesn't have any uh, great allegiance to, you know, Gina Carano, or you know, isn't isn't buying the Gina, the the Cara Dune toy to make an anti you know trans or anti whatever statement. Mm-hmm. But even if you are, it would feel kind of cool to take that money and then contribute it to you know a trans rights uh, campaign or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Totally. I yeah. I definitely like that. Yeah. Well. Anyway. Uh, hopefully. Blockade Runner podcast episode 174 will be um, the first of many in which we don't have to talk about Cara Dune and all that stuff. So hopefully, um, yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. But, um, in a more, in a more positive, um, a more exciting, uh, development, we are, uh, we are getting a, uh, a final Padme book from EK Johnston. So mm-hmm. um, I don't think we knew this was a trilogy, but, uh, now no. we do. Now we do. <laughs> uh, we didn't know it was a, a duology. duology. Right. Sure, <laughs> Initially. Sure. Yeah. But these books have been, these books have been successful and that rules. Um, I, Love the first one. I loved the first one. I liked the second one, as mm-hmm. we talked about on the show, and I am so stoked for this third one. Yeah, the third one um, to me has the potential to be the most exciting of the three. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is. Uh, let's see. Let me find the uh, the blurb here. Um, well, it's a long blurb, so maybe I don't have to find the blurb. But it's about. Um, Anakin and Padme and it's set like around the time of uh, Revenge of the Sith and it's about um, the conflict there and Padme uh, being obviously um, unhappy with uh, with the state of things as far as uh, war and conflict throughout the galaxy and um, all that kind of stuff. So uh, that's exciting. And, um, you know, I think going back and looking at Revenge of the Sith and that whole era um, and really just looking at the prequels in general. Um, you know, there's definitely the sense that Padme kind of was a little quicker on the draw than the Jedi and everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, she's the one who kind of understood what was going on in a lot of ways. You know, she's the one who said, so this is how Liberty dies. And, um, you know, uh, she's the one who knew that Count Dooku was behind the assassination plot and all those sorts <laughs> of things. So um, I have a feeling with E.K. Johnson writing this book about Padme during the Clone War uh, era and Revenge mm-hmm. of the Sith era that... Uh, we will get a glimpse into um, just how uh, how much Padme understood what was going on in a way that other characters in the story did not. Yeah, um, I mean, like you you didn't read the whole blurb, which is fine, but like the one sentence pitch is so good for this. It says. It is a time of conflict, and Padme Amidala finds herself cast in new roles as a wartime senator, a wife, and a rebellious woman on a mission. Mm. Like that's uh, that's awesome. Like that's mm-hmm. so good. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, we we just we don't have much, um, even in like the old EU um, about like what she kind of did as a senator. Like we have her obviously as a senator in like the Clone Wars, um, like the animated show, but there's not really like mm, there. I mean, there's a little bit of like her day to day and like some of her like beliefs and stuff, but we're certainly not getting like internal monologue or anything. Um, But, you know, like you kind of mentioned, like she is a, in the, in the, you know, the prequels in, you know, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, like she's, you know, really thoughtful, really kind of aware of what's happening. And she's also really in love with Anakin Skywalker. And that it's, but also very conflicted about her love and um, one would assume her marriage to Anakin. So I think it's just, you know, it's it sets up like a lot of um, really potentially interesting drama here. And, um, you know, I think it's just going to be a really kind of 
thoughtful and reflective book and that's pretty exciting yeah 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 absolutely absolutely and uh you know i think with the first two padme books um you know they were obviously um intentionally focused on specific like times in her life but because they were focused on those specific times in her life um you know that sort of it it gave the books a, a a bit more of like a narrow focus in terms of what they would explore about Padme. It's like, well, how did she become the queen of Naboo? You know, so um, there was a lot of interesting stuff in there, and that was that was my favorite of the two as well, that first one. Um, but you know, you knew that you weren't going to go too far outside of those kind of ideas because that's what it was. You know what I mean? Um, and and in the second one, you know, kind of a similar thing. But here, it's like, okay, we're getting to the third of three books. Um, we're getting to the end of Padme's life and there's no reason to hold back anymore. You know what I mean? Like nothing's off limits. Um, not that it was off limits before, but like, it's just, this is the time to like really dig into all the most interesting stuff about, about the character because, um, there's, 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 you know, she, she, she's coming towards the end of her life. And so there's no, there's no reason to hold off anymore for something that's going to happen with her down the line. You know what I mean? Right. Um, you, you don't have to worry about like, well, that development in her, in her life hasn't happened yet. That's going to happen later because we're, uh, we're at the, uh, the climax of her life. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think it has the potential. I mean, that's another reason it has the potential to be the best of the three books and, uh, and really exciting. Yep. For sure. Cool. So uh, we will uh, we'll look forward to that one. Absolutely. That comes out in uh, November, I think. I want to say it's in here somewhere. Yep. November 2nd. November 2nd. Cool. So that'll be uh, that'll be exciting. And, uh, you know, we've we've talked a little bit. Uh, well, we talked a lot about the higher public. We've talked a little bit about the fact that, like, there are other Star Wars books still coming this year, even though like a lot of our focus is on the higher public. So we know we have uh, another Thrawn book um coming soon and uh, an alphabet squadron book the the final book in that trilogy coming soon mm-hmm. um and this is another uh non high republic star wars book on the way so uh, i'm sure there'll be more announcements for for other books and stuff for for later this year but uh but good to know that there's uh there, there's there, there, there's this book to look forward to um later on down the road yeah um there should be a mandalorian uh, maybe two Mandalorian books. Yeah, there's a there's an adult novel Mandalorian book, mm-hmm. I think, right? Coming yeah. and there's yeah, there was a bunch of Mandalorian stuff announced and then it was like, ah, why don't we just wait a whole year to put that stuff out? So Yeah. Um yeah, you're right. That'll be uh that'll be happening as well. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, um, let's see. I think that's about going to wrap up the show. Uh, did you have any other Star Wars stuff happening this week, Ryan? Any any Star Wars uh, life happening? Uh, I actually don't. <laughs> okay. I don't either. Um, I did watch The Phantom Menace last night, which uh, is a thing that happened in my life in Star Wars. Um, oh, yeah, did, watched- you get, did you get the 4Ks? Yes. Yeah. I, yeah, I didn't talk about that on the show. Did I, I, uh, I bought, um, episodes one through six on 4k Blu-ray, um, because target was doing their buy two movies. Get, how do you, how do you, what, how do you like buy two, get one, buy two, get one. Yeah. Yeah. It's BOGO, but it's not BOGO. It's buy two, get one. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Buy two, get one. 
Uh, so they were doing that on, and, and, and I was like, well, that's, that's the way to get these movies at a fairly reasonable price for movies I've Mm -hmm. already owned on 42,000 different formats. So, um, yeah, so I got those six and, uh, part of what I was thinking was that, uh, I had, um, the last Jedi and the rise of Skywalker and solo on 4k already. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't, I have, uh, I have, um, solo and, uh, and the rise of Skywalker on 4k. But so I still have three, three movies. I need to get 4k cause I need to get force awakens last Jedi and rogue one. Uh, oh, 4k. Okay. Yeah. So I've got, yep. well, so I'll wait, I'll wait maybe for the next buy to get one, um, mm-hmm. deal. And then buy that, that trilogy. So yeah, I have the, uh, the first six star Wars movies on 4k. Um, so I watched Phantom Menace 4k last night and it mm-hmm. looked great. It sounded really good. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it sounded good on the blu-ray too, but, uh, and maybe it didn't sound any different. I don't know, but I was noticing how great it sounded last night. So that was exciting. Um, and it looked good too. Have you, you've watched it right on 4k? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, on the blu-rays. Yeah. Um, and I think I, I think I watched it on Disney plus as well. Um, when it came out, I think I watched them all on there too. Um, I will say of the blu-rays, I found, uh, Phantom Menace to look the best, um, of the films on the 4k blu-rays. Of all uh, the films or of the prequels? Of the prequels, of the prequels, okay. I should say. Um, yeah, I think uh, Attack of the Clones is the roughest um, because of, you know, the way they, uh, the digital shooting there. And then yeah. um, Revenge of the Sith is kind of like a combination of um, Attack of the Clones and Phantom Menace uh, shooting styles. So, um, that looks it looks really good in some parts and looks not as good in other parts. Um, but I think Phantom Menace, like all the way through, that was like the one that I was like, holy crap, like I'm I'm glad I bought these 4K, this 4K box set because mm. um, it uh, it looked really phenomenal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I thought it looked good for sure. Um, it, it was one of those things that I got in my own head watching it. You know what I mean? Like I was like, huh. Are the skin textures like, you know, like I was like, I was feeling like, wow, there's a lot of uh, contrast between like skin tones and stuff. And, and uh, like they're out in the desert all the time. You know what I mean? And like, mm-hmm. um, I was like, can I see their makeup? Like, is that like, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I'm, I might have to play around with my TV settings or maybe I'm just like in my head about, uh, about stuff. You know what I mean? In terms of like overanalyzing the way it looks because I know I'm. <laughs> I'm watching it a certain way or something, but, um, yeah. Cause like some of the, like a lot of the desert stuff seemed, uh, like a little like blown out almost in terms of the lighting, like, and, and mm. the skin tones were like real, like washed out and stuff. And I was like, huh, is this like what it looked like? But I just didn't, you know, like in previous versions, didn't like notice it as much because it didn't have the level, the level of detail and everything, or, you know, I don't know. So, um, but my thing is like, knowing that there is a, uh, a better format version of the movies out, like it would just irritate me to go like, cause the Blu-ray still look great, right? Like if I went and got mm-hmm. my Phantom Menace Blu-ray and put it in, it would still look great. Um, but knowing I could be watching it in 4k and with HDR and all that kind of stuff, like that would just, that would also bite at me, you know? <laughs> so I was like, and even, obviously like, you know, many listeners might be, uh, you know, hearing this conversation and thinking like, well, you can just watch them all on 
you know, Disney plus. So like, what's the point mm-hmm. of buying those discs? Um, and that's true. That is true. Um, and the, the difference in quality is probably not that noticeable to most people, maybe even including myself. But <laughs> like I said, I would just be like, uh, it's streaming and it's not quite the high, it's not the bit rates, not the same. And you know, like yeah. the, the audio, whatever is not like quite, you know, so I just, I think for most people, it's not even going to make a difference um, mm-hmm. if you're streaming or watching on the disc. But to me, it's just something that I always want the kind of, especially with Star Wars, I always want to kind of mm-hmm. have the the highest quality version. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, the the Disney Plus versions are incredible. And I think like yeah. Disney Plus is the streaming service that I think does uh, 4K HDR the best um, for that content. Um, but... Yeah, we were and we were having this conversation via text the other day, like, um, you know, it's the most convenient. It's definitely the most affordable um, way to to watch stuff. But I was um, if it all kind of depends on your Internet connection, though, like Mm -hmm. I have a pretty good uh pretty good uh, internet connection you know we get like 80 85 um megabytes per second download speed like it's it's pretty good um consistently but there are times of the day when it's not as consistent like if we're um our internet kind of like craps out like and drops a ton around you know between like five and eight PM um, every night, and it's it's not like a significant drop, but it drops to like fifty. It goes from like eighty to fifty, and so like, um, I think Friday night we were watching, uh, we were watching the new episode of WandaVision, and um, and you know I was watching it. We just got just got a new TV, had it like had. I had gotten my settings like perfect for watching um, TV and films. Like I, you know, started with the cinema mode as like a base and then kind of like tweak things a little bit from there. Um, and I was like super happy with um, the way stuff was looking. And I was like, wow, this looks, this looks really good. Like it looks uh, um, kind of like, it's like seeing a, you know, movie in modern times on like, you know, in a theater on like a really good screen with like a just really good setup. And I was like, yeah, this is, this looks awesome. And I'm like watching, watching, like everything just like looks great. It's fantastic. And then um, just like three seconds, the, uh, the bit rate drops and it gets just a little bit fuzzier. It goes from like, like, I would say like from like 4k to like, I don't know, maybe 1440p, maybe 10, 1080p, just like three seconds. And it like took me out of it completely. And I just Mm -hmm. like, I noticed it so hard and it was like, everything was still really clear, but it wasn't as clear as it was two seconds ago. And like, I really noticed that. So, but it's also like, fine because that's for one that's the only way you can watch that show um but you know two i probably wouldn't you know have you know it's a it's a weekly tv show like that's that's how you watch things you don't like go into the store and buy a 4k blu-ray every week for a new episode of a show um but uh yeah i think like the thing that 
I wish would happen with streaming services is they just let us download things onto devices hooked up to our TVs. Um, like I, I watch stuff on my Xbox um, that's hooked up to the TV. I just wish I could just download those files to my Xbox in the same way I can download Disney plus things to my iPad mm-hmm. and like, and then just have that, like, you know, that consistent quality throughout. Um, but, you know, in the, in the meantime, you know, for 4k stuff like that, you really care about, like, I mean, the, the Blu-rays are the best way to go to just kind of get that consistent quality the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I know that you don't have, uh, like data cap issues, but, uh, but I have data cap issues in, in December. Um, I, I can't remember if I did go over, or I was about to go over my data cap and it was like, um, well, we could watch, uh, we were watching some season of some TV show and I was like, well, we could watch that. Um, but then we might go over our data, you know what I mean? And, um, mm. like watching a 4k movie, um, streaming it in 4k, like it, it takes up a significant, uh, or it uses a significant amount of bandwidth. And so like to just have that, not have to worry about, you know, those sorts of concerns, like there's a lot of positives. Um, but, uh, yeah, like I said before, I think most people probably wouldn't notice or care. And that's great. You know, for most people, um, they probably still would prefer to just stream the movie and, and that's cool. Uh, I will say, I think Disney plus, um, I want to say the movies are in Dolby vision, which is, uh, yeah. the, the HDR version on Disney plus, but on the disc it's HDR 10. Um, so I don't know how much of a difference that makes, but I think Dolby vision is the preferred, um, format for HDR, maybe. Um, I want to say that's what Dan was saying recently. So, you know, there's always going to be those little things, right? There's little differences and all that stuff. But um, another reason, uh, I I mean, it wouldn't have been motivation to get the discs if I, you know, didn't want the, you know, the primary motivation was the the viewing experience for watching the films. But, um, you know, you get the Movies Anywhere codes with those two. And uh, that way I have all the movies on iTunes or Apple TV or whatever. I mean, I had most of them, but I didn't have the prequels on there. And so, um, you know, all the bonus features and stuff are there on Apple TV um, or most of them anyways, and more so than on Disney Plus, because Disney Plus gives you like a weird selection of bonus features and uh, it's not everything. And sometimes they're like changing like what bonus features are on there for some of the movies and stuff. And so um, that's a that's a real nice plus of having the discs as well is that um you know you can use like whether it's amazon or apple tv or movies anywhere or whatever you want to use to watch it um you're going to get access to all those bonus features um and i guess there could be stuff on the disc that's not on there i don't know but uh, obviously you get a bonus features disc too so um yeah that's an that's another nice plus to, to owning the movies mm-hmm. yeah i mean for stuff you you watch a lot like it just kind of just kind of makes sense yeah. And when I'm sometimes when I'm having trouble sleeping, which is like a lot recently, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like I'll just wake up in the middle of the night, three, four in the morning and I'm like wide awake and I'm like, this sucks. I want to sleep. Uh, I love to just grab the iPad, put in the headphones and like put on some Star Wars bonus feature from, you know, the Apple TV app or whatever. So uh, you can do that with Disney Plus, too. But like I said, there's not as many or the commentaries. Um, 
you know, those are great too. So, okay. I bought some Star Wars movies. That was... (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For the 50th time in my life, I bought some Star Wars movies. Mm So, feeling pretty good about it. Uh, Nice. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I think we can uh, wrap up the show here. So, uh, thanks very much for listening. Um, We'll be back soon with another episode of the Blockade Runner podcast. Until then, you can find everything we do at Blockade Runner podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you about how many times you've bought Star Wars movies and why you keep spending your money on buying things you already own like me. So mm-hmm. um, you could you could reach out at blockaderunnerpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at Blockade Run. Ryan, you're on Twitter at? Vaya Malay, V-A-Y-A-M-A-L-A-Y. All right, cool. So thanks again for listening and we'll be back soon with another episode of the Blockade Runner podcast. We are all the Republic. There we go.